From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 346, and today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Bigger Money Boy, Mr. Brad Downey. <laughs> Big Money Brad. Big Money no. Brad's back, baby. <laughs> oh, that's uh, not very accurate statement, but uh, I, I see what you're getting at here. We have a little project called The Spoke Pen on Kickstarter, me and my... My friend Brian Conti, um, we we did a thing. We launched it last week, and we discussed it on the podcast last week. So we won't totally go over that. If you want to hear all the nuts and bolts about the project, definitely listen to episode three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars on a twenty thousand dollar goal. Big money, Brad. <laughs> so let's talk about pre-launching a Kickstarter and having expectations about how it might go. The short answer is you have no clue, Mm-mm. right? You cannot ever know, no matter what you think about how good of a job you did getting ready for it, you don't know what's going to happen when you push the button. So nope. Brian, and I, Brian and I sitting there, it's like, we're done. There's like, so you start throwing out numbers. Like, what do you think this project's going to do? How do you feel about the overall scope of the project? You know, how big do you think it could go? Do you think it's going to flop? You know, all these things. So just to throw out some talking point numbers, I think both, both me and Brian thought if we raised, if we did 50 grand total for the project, we'd be ecstatic. We'd think we'd had done a really good job with the campaign. Well, we did that in like less than a week. So now you're going, well, what's going to happen now? And you still don't know, but you can kind of tell like what the pacing is like. Um, so like, I don't know if we'll get to triple digits. Like if we got to triple digits, like I think our heads would pop off just from like, wow, this really went well. I, I don't, I mean, six digits, I say triple digits, but yeah, I know you, you know mean. what I mean. Like six, three, three six big figures. numbers. Three big numbers, yeah. Kick track is still <laughs> trending you <laughs> to $237,000, Brad. <laughs> you think since they launched Kick Track, they'd have that algorithm to do math a lot better than that? No, I don't think they um, care. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the point of it, right? <laughs> the point of it is to, to big numbers it, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, like six sixty five k. You know, like we're probably tracking like between eighty and ninety. I would imagine at this point. So we'll have another big spike the last couple of days of the project. But you know, we just want to keep keep the uh, campaign going. We did plan on if it went like this, if it went gangbusters, and we got to around a thousand pins sold, we did cap off the current backer levels and move a shipping date. You know, not uh, yeah, you know, you no change that. in the product, but um, we did have we did have to. Uh, pull that trigger probably sooner than we thought you know it's um you know it's just one of those things we're physically putting together all these pens right we're getting all the machine parts made and then shipped to us in parts not in a final product so that's a lot of labor on our side so we have to account for that to you know hopefully give the the best experience possible in in the kickstarter project so um you know, it's just one of those things we we needed to do. We planned on doing it, and we were surprised it came came that early in the game. So uh, we'll take it. You know, like I, I mentioned, I put it on, put it on an update yesterday. We're zero percent concerned about getting parts manufactured. Like we can get parts manufactured as many parts as we need, but it's going to take us time to actually put those parts together. So that's why 
um, we we instituted that change yesterday. So it's going great. We're we're very happy with how it's going. So we appreciate all the support. While we're talking about Kickstarters, I know there's a lot of stuff going on right now, which we can yeah. only apologize for. But uh, the Atlanta and blank pen show <laughs> Kickstarter for our, our two destination Kickstarter uh, should be live before next week's show. Um, mm-hmm. We are currently hoping to launch the campaign on Tuesday, February 19th. This is obviously mm-hmm. pending Kickstarter approval. Right. But, but we have basically everything we need taken care of. The video's done and the stuff's all written. It's just a case of getting that into Kickstarter and having them prove it. So you you can be sure that we'll both be tweeting about it and posting about it on Instagram and stuff. But And then we'll be talking about it on next week's episode. So... Um, again, like just in advance, if you feel like you're oversubscribed to the amount of things that you're paying for, don't feel like you have to do this. Um, of course, only if you wanna if you wanna support the campaign, you wanna get the rewards that we're doing, and we have we do have some great stuff. Then we obviously encourage and please mm-hmm. support the Kickstarter campaign. But again, we know uh, it isn't always feasible for everybody. So if you can't do it, don't do it. But if you can do it, we'd love it. Keep your eye out for it. Yep, I think the only thing we're lacking, which won't hold up the launch, is the actual physical final approval case prototype that I need mm-hmm. to uh, a sign off on production. Like we made our physical prototype, we just don't have those physical pictures of the final. Yeah. But for for reasons that will become clear, it's yeah. not necessarily required for the campaign yeah. to launch. Yep, but we'll have digital mock-ups and yep. things like that. And we'll, we fully anticipate to have the real pictures in before the campaign's over. And this is not a campaign with early birds, so you can you can wait any amount of time. Mm-hmm. to, to If you want to see the pictures, you feel free to wait. And, I don't uh, think we'll we've definitely have them. ever had a campaign where we've had like an actual physical mock-up at launch. I think it's always been images. Uh, I think like two camp. Well, I, I guess I'm thinking about some of the knock projects. We've definitely had some. I thought... Okay. I th- Actually, I thought I had one for the Tallulah, then swapped it out, maybe deleted it, and then replaced it. I don't know. It seems like we've had it before, but not a big deal at all. This will be, uh, yeah, you'll see exactly why when um, we post it that it's not going to be a big issue, but I promise we will have the real pictures in Mm -hmm. before, before it's closed. So last week we spoke about your fire on fire uh, fountain pen ink, which was mm. fun in collaboration with Robert Oster. But there's another Robert Oster collaboration which looks really cool, and that is from uh, our good friends over at the Carolina Pen Company and Jonathan Brooks. They have made Carolina Blue with Robert Oster, which is available now too. Yeah, this looks like an awesome color. Jonathan emailed me like the moment I announced Fire on Fire. He's like, oh, thank God you didn't do a blue black. <laughs> because we, I mean, neither one of us knew we were doing these inks like a right around the same time. And I just found it to be hilarious. And he sent me a uh, picture of the ink. I was like, oh, this looks great. So I wanted to be. It does sh- look really good. It's a really like deep blue like it's very nice looking but with like a bright blue undertone which Mm -hmm. is like i told jonathan if i was designing a blue black that's kind of how i would want it to look so he sent me a sample of it i have it on my desk got it yesterday i have not opened up the box yet but i will get that inked up soon but uh yeah y'all go check that out if you're a blue black fan if you're a brooks pen fan carolina pen company fan you know ink up your your pens and i'm sure jonathan will have it at all the shows he's going to this year which i think is a lot so that's very cool congrats Jonathan. So I would say the theme of this show throughout 2018 was what is Pilot going to do 
for their 100th anniversary. You heard us talk about it a million times, right? And ultimately, the answer was, for most of everybody, diddly squat. And what they did do (laughs) was not really worth it. So, in Burst Platinum, with their 100th anniversary, and right off the bat, they are basically telling pilots to suck it. Uh, (laughs) They... they they made this video, which is a really cool video, uh, which shows their 100th anniversary, kind of all of the big things, all of the big goings on that happened throughout their company's history. It's a really nice thing to see because I feel like I maybe didn't know enough about their history. Um, my favorite thing in this whole little uh, kind of show and tell is in 1967, they made the first platinum mid- nib pen, which they called the Platinum Platinum, which I just thought was hilarious. I mean- if that's not our pin, I don't know what it is, yeah, right? I mean, we're, we would be all for the platinum platinum. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. You might have another <laughs> chance, but uh, I don't know about that. Not quite, not quite. <laughs> but there was something you liked too, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm sitting here watching the video and I'm actually, man, this is a really good video. Mm-hmm. It's kind of emotional. Like they're showing, you know, the, I mean, I'm coming, you know how I am anyway, but like they're showing the, you know, the employees and the factory workers and they're showing out like every slide. So it's like a, just an audio. I mean, it's just like a music background slide presentation, right? So like the slides, you know, going off the screen and it's like, we invented this pen. We invented this unique filling system or nib. 1966 platinum sponsors music tv program <laughs> i just died it's the laughing weirdest, like the, it's it such is, a strange way to put it yeah it's like slammed right in between all these yep. unique nib and pin design mechanisms that they've created and it's just like it's hilarious who approved this <laughs> it's like it doesn't fit at all but i obviously enjoyed it thoroughly just because it's such an outlier there was nothing else before or after platinum sponsors music tv program um that would think this was like important at all but uh, i apparently it was very important to them at the time right yeah well for whatever reason like maybe that was like a real turning point for the company financially like, they don't go into the detail but you can only assume that this meant something or like maybe right. that that exact tv show is like really important yeah. right like, like top, of, top of the pops american bandstand yeah. level type of like thing we just don't right? understand it but then they would have put the name in there that's my you think that's so my right but who knows maybe point. it's called <laughs> like it were translated <laughs> in english maybe it's called music tv program mm, nice right okay. i we don't I, know like just just like this is an internet radio show, right? Yeah, but like it just might be the translated name of that. Okay. Who knows? But anyway, mm. the most important thing is they have a 100th anniversary pen. Um, it's called the Prime, and they have it in two different models. They have a fully platinum model, and they have a silver model. They're both limited edition. Um, the platinum body pen is limited to 100 pieces and is priced at a million yen which is $9,000, which mm. there's a hundred of them. It's a, So this is it, right? Like you've got a hundred of them. It's made completely out of platinum. You want to charge nine grand for it. What? Okay, right? Like, yeah, right. Uh, go for it. D- you know, I'm not going to buy it, but but do you it. Sure? I understand, right? Because this oh, was- You got to the- buy that silver Kaveco first, right? Yeah, that's what you keep telling me to. It, yeah, mm. yeah one, that's the pen I'm definitely going to buy. But like this, 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 100 uh platinum ones this is the equivalent of what pilot did 
right? This. Right. They made something mega expensive, and it was a range, but it was just mega expensive stuff. But then they're doing something that is a little bit more, well, not, it is a lot more, but still expensive, but a lot more attainable. They are making 2,000 of them out of silver, which will be charged at 100,000 yen, which is about $900. So mm-hmm. while still expensive, much more attainable for the average platinum customer, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is in line with their expensive pens. This isn't, like, insane. This isn't a crazy thing. So, but, but what we should say as well, the pens are stunning. Like, yeah, they are beautiful. Um, I have it, a couple of questions. We'll we'll get to my thoughts on this okay. in a minute. But it it is like a pen. It's got a cap on it, right? Like it's even made of it's it's silver in color, right? Because it's either made of platinum or silver. And there's just it's just like a cross hatch design, like just like lots and right. lots and lots and lots of lines. Um, so super cool looking. Uh, the boxes and stuff, the presentation boxes are beautiful, and you get ink and all that kind of stuff with them and and like a little display thing that you can put it on. They come out on February the 5th. Um, The nibs feature the totally amazing, badass 100th anniversary (laughs) platinum logo that they've created. It's like a really cool logo. I want everything with that logo on it. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, So yeah, this, this is a pen that's available uh well will be available in february there's nothing kind of about pricing or um availability information uh on the U- the english language version um, the prices mm. that i'm talking about by the way they came from the japanese website they're not on the english language website so, yeah i think nibs nibs.com has them up um okay. and they're pretty expensive and so a couple of things one they did better than Pilot in that they actually launched their 100th anniversary products in February as opposed to, what, September or mm-hmm. October last year? I think it was September. Um, but, like, I get what Pilot was doing, and Platinum's kind of doing the same thing. These price points are really high yeah. for the regular person. I, I, I should want... say, by the way, just because I, I said the prices, so, like, I was doing conversion prices when they actually make it to the U.S., so Nibs is selling... Nips.com is selling silver for eleven twenty and mm-hmm. platinum for eleven thousand two hundred. Just, yeah. just, just a note. Yeah. So Pilot's low end one hundredth anniversary pin, I think, was around fifteen hundred dollars, and it was like the Arushi painted one. I think it was really beautiful. I think it's better looking than this pin. Like, I, my question about this pin is like uh, the section seems mm, not special enough for this type yep. of price of yep. pin. Yep. That's my only hang-up. I mean, I think in general, the design's pretty good. I just want both of these companies... My my biggest argument with Pilot, and my argument is going to be the same for Platinum, is I want to participate, right? The low-end consumer, you know, that is buying anything from the preppy to the 3776. Give me one thing, like, I can, I can join in on the anniversary celebration with, even if it's an ink... Or, hell, give me a baseball hat with this 100th anniversary logo. I'll be the first one in line. Um, But, like, I want to participate in these companies' anniversaries. So, that was my biggest issue with Pilot. Like, I can't get those inks. Like, our our friend Anna in the chat room, she's got some of those those ink samples. I don't know if we're going to be able to get those inks. Plus, they're, like, a year late. 
Like I'm good with it. Like Pilot's doing it's very close actually to what I mean Platinum's doing what's very close to Pilot. The low end might be a little bit more accessible price wise, but I don't think it's I don't think it actually holds a candle to what Pilot did on the low end. And low end is a complete misnomer for like 99.9% of what this podcast uh, listeners are buying. Mm-hmm. So we're pilot fans, we're platinum fans, and we want to participate, guys. Like I, I would like to participate in these companies' large anniversaries. I don't have anything representing pilots' 100th anniversary, which is a huge moment if I'm a collector and a fan of the brand. So I would like to be able to participate. Now I'm holding out hope that pilots got to jump on the calendar, right? I mean, excuse me, plat- Platinum has a jump on the calendar. That's where plat- Pilot ruined everything. I'm giving them more uh, kind of praise because it feels like they started it correctly. Here is the thing, right? Exactly. That the- There is much more of a chance that they will have more, more and more affordable. Like maybe there's going to be a nice 3776 or something, right? Um, which is a bit more well, affordable or whatever. We had to... We had to question Pilot for nine months, which yes. made anything that they did that they were behind the eight ball from the jump because they never announced anything. So this bodes well, hopefully, for the rest of the year of Platinum. And I hope, crossing fingers, we get to see something in the more affordable price points because they have such a large following for some of the lower end pins that they make, like the 3776. I'd be a little bit surprised, but hey, Pilot surprised me last year. Like, I'm who knows what's going to happen, right? This mm-hmm. could be it. So we'll check, we'll check back uh, this summer and see. <laughs> All right, should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a quick break. Uh, thanks to Pen Chalet for their support of this week's episode. Pen Chalet, so everything you're looking for in the pen world from all of your favorite brands. Whether you're looking for fountain pens or rollerballs or inks or carrying cases, whether you want to buy pelicans. Lamy's, Pilots, Sailors, Cavecos, it doesn't matter what you want. Penchalet have got it. They're an authorized dealer of everything. They do great shipping, great customer service. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee on their products. They sell internationally with reasonable shipping rates. And if you order something over $50 in the U.S., it will be shipped for free. So they do free shipping on orders of over $50 within the United States. We love Pen Chalet because they always have a wonderful selection of items available and they always have great prices as well as doing all of the discounts that they do. And they also have something special as always for Pen, uh, pen Addict listeners. Go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password PENADDICT to get your hands on this week's special offer and the code you need to save 10% on anything at any time at Pen Chalet. So, Brad, what catches your eye? There is a t- two brands highly represented in this list this week. One is Conklin. The second one is Diplomat. I have experience with Diplomat. I like them a lot. I don't have any Conklins yet. But they have the Mark Twain Demonstrator that looks super interesting. One of the Crescent fillers where you can see the inside. It's a little gold for me, but that one's at least looking interesting. And some of the other materials in the Conklin, like the Conklin Empire, the price percentage off is 50% or more. So there's lots of great deals live right now on penchalet.com. So once again, penchalet.com, click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict to get your hands on those deals and the 10% off coupon. Our thanks to penchalet for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. All right. So we mentioned 
I guess it was last week or the week before about the Blackwing Natural, the extra firm natural wood barrel pencil was actually going to be a real thing. And now they are available for order slash pre-order. And I just wanted to point this out because they're actually available. And I wanted to talk about it from a business perspective that I find fascinating is that Blackwing has been established now for quite a while, many, many years in the business. And I find it so rare to see any stationary company that I follow have the opportunity to release their singular best product this deep into their existence, right? I have a feeling like this is going to be their number one product. And how many years have they been around now? Seven or eight years, I'm I'm thinking. I didn't look up the exact date. I just find that fascinating. Like, this is going to be like a calling card pencil for them. And I just kind of giggle thinking about, wow, that would be pretty cool to do your best work uh, later in the life cycle of your brand. And this is actually what the customers of Blackwing have been calling for for years, right? So it was inevitable that it was going to happen, except they did it all in one place, doing the natural barrel and the extra firm core all in one. Like this is the pinnacle of the pencil for them, in my opinion. Now, that's someone who likes the extra firm cores and the natural um, barrels. You know, not everyone's going to like that. I just have a feeling that it's going to be popular and seeing the feedback so far, like we're on the retail mailing list for Blackwing at Knock because we've bought some of their products before to do giveaways. And they're already calling for two to three week delays in retail orders. So they're sending, say, hey, we're order now, and it's going to be two to three weeks. And the order page on the website is kind of the same thing. It's like they're available for order, but it's going to be a while till we ship them. You know, that's a good good thing. Like they're going to, they'll catch up pretty quickly you know, based on, you know, what I've seen from them in the past and the amount of manufacturing that they do. But I just, I don't know, maybe it's just me looking at it from like a business perspective, but I find this endlessly fascinating that at this point in their timeline, they're coming out with maybe their best product ever. It's a testament to to them and why I like them so much. I think it's interesting the way that you say that, and I'm keen to see if that ends up becoming the consensus. Right, like if it does end up being that everyone's like, "Oh, you want the Blackwing? Well, you should get the Natural," which is a new product in a the in like a company with a ton of history. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of interesting, right? They've been around since like, like well, this pencil has been around since like the thirties, right? Like this, this actual. Well, pencil. yeah, this is a new new company and yeah, and a revival. But they make completely different. But thing. now different pencils. The brand has been around that long. Different pencil. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it would be kind of funny if it's like, oh, now now here's our, here's our new one and our new one's the best mm-hmm. one. So, yeah. yeah. So I pretty much consider this company like the new company. I don't relate them to the old Blackwing at all. Okay. Well, it will still be interesting to see if people yes. agree with your hypothesis, even though you haven't actually tried it yourself yet. Right. Well, I've tried the core because they've shipped out in some of the volumes and I've tried the natural because they've shipped out some of the volumes, and so now they're just putting those together and making essentially what I will be the ultimate pencil for me. So we'll just we'll have to see how it fares in the lineup um, with all of their existing pencils. It's also like the the new fresh too, so it's of course going to do well. Speaking of new fresh, mm-hmm. 
we've alluded to this. We've discussed it a little bit, but now they're starting to get into a wider release, and that's the Retro 51 fountain pen with updated nibs, now made by Yovo, and updated grip sections. So what are your thoughts on this? I'm really excited to see what these are like, but none of the designs that are currently available um, are making me want to buy them. Mm-hmm. They've So currently what they have available is a couple of models in two different styles. So they have some of the metal ones. They have like an all-black metal one. They have one of the metal ones that looks like a plane. Yep. Um, and they also have the Lincoln, which I think was made of like brass or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah. What is that? I think it was brass. Yeah. It looks it looks brass, but I, I can't totally remember. What it either is brass is, yeah. or is supposed to look like brass. But like yeah. the, the retro the tornado, the rollable was brass. Um mm-hmm. so and then they have uh just like a kind of a more standard line, which they're calling frosted metallic, when they have a blue, a pink, and a purple. So mm-hmm. I want to try one of these, but basically none of them none of the ones that are available right now are calling to me. Um, mm-hmm. because, but I'm just keen to see what it ends up being like because we could end up with retro 51 fountain pens that, that are actually just genuinely very good uh, where before they were like pretty good they were fine they weren't great they were just kind of fine you know they were fine like when I reviewed one of the original ones I pulled up the review it was from 2014 there's nothing really negative to say in that review except i really didn't like the grip section i just didn't want to use the pen right it's Mm -hmm. like it was fine like you said it was perfectly fine but why would i use it and i think i'm 100 gonna try one of these new ones i'm mostly interested in how the grip section feels because before it felt like it didn't match the fountain pen well enough to you know, to ignore, if you will. Like, it felt like uh, this little cheap add-on where the rest of the pen was pretty good. And even the nib wrote well, but switching, upgrading the nib and redesigning and refinishing the sections have me interested. And I will get... I actually, unlike you, I prefer the solid color ones. I don't like the... I mean, the designs are fine. They just don't speak to me. They look really bad in pictures posted, right? It looks like they're not, they obviously post, but I don't think that's going to be beneficial to anyone. I think oh, it's gonna, I see what you meant. I don't think it's going to work posted. well. I thought you meant they look bad in all the pictures I've seen, but you mean oh, putting the cap I on mean the end of the physically pen. putting the cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a nightmare scenario. The pen's too big and the cap will be too heavy. Like, this is not a postable. Right. Like, it is technically a postable pen, but this is not a pen mm-hmm. that you want to post. Because mm-hmm. there's too much furniture at the tip mm-hmm. of the like the right. very top of the cap so like that right. weighting is going to be wild mm-hmm. and then you get into the buying decision right um i have a, what is the price point on these i didn't even look i'm assuming what the price point is yeah so it's in between 50 and 60 dollars right or maybe the solid color ones are are in the 40s well the amount of competition you run into there is enormous and, you know, you have things like Twisby and Kaveco, you know, even the Pilot Prayer. Like, I'm a huge fan of the Pilot Prayer, even though it's really overpriced. You know, you have some really good platinum pins that are half the price. You know, you have Twisby's right there. What are you going to do if you're Retro 51 to differentiate yourself? Well, 
what they've done with the tornado is make all these cool styles and colors uh-huh. and themed pins and different materials. But guess what? The tornado has zero competition. That's why we like it so much because there's nothing to fill that need in that price point. Fountain pen's a little bit different story. That area of the market or fountain pens, it's not oversaturated. Like it can use another good entrant. I don't know that this is going to be the one. We'll wait and see. I want to get my hands on one to see what it's really like, see how much I enjoy it, see if I can, you know, if it if it comes close to being a Twisby 580, right? That's going to be what it's going to go directly up against. Yeah. And it doesn't have to, to beat it or be better than. It just has to be compelling and enough to be considered. And we'll see. I'm a little bit more. This is a hard market for them, I think just because of the success that they've had elsewhere. And they obviously know that their previous iteration could be better. Um, And they've made these changes because they've gotten feedback for years and years and years about these exact things that they're changing. Now we'll see if it actually becomes, you know, a thing like the tornado has. Um, I have my doubts. Yeah, I... I feel like if anyone is able to create exciting, fun, cool designs, Retro 51 can do it. Um, yeah. But what they have done so far, they haven't, like, I think they're kind of hedging it a little bit because they haven't really done anything new. Like, right. And so my feeling is that they're kind of just like, let's get some basic ones out there before we start doing some crazy stuff. That's kind of my look at it because it's like, well, you already do all of these, right, in the in the regular tornado. Um, whilst eventually... I mean, so what might end up happening, or what will probably happen, and is that ultimately you'll start making decisions. So they'll have a cool design that comes out, and you'll choose, do I want this in a fountain pen or a rollable? And that might be enough, right? That, like, right. it's just, here is X new funky design that we've worked out, which is really cool, and we have it available in both models. And then at that point, it's like, oh, okay... Right, like now we're maybe onto something, but we need to wait and see if that's what they're going to do. Yeah, complete sidebar to this conversation, and, I, and I'm I'm good with the with the fountain pen conversation. The Dimitri mechanical pencil that I love so much with the periodic table yep. on there that I love the design so much, but hated the pencil. They're actually making that into a rollerball, so I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> I saw that in full of you. <laughs> so, I mean, like. Yeah, I can see like getting the sets of things, right? If there's something that really like what Retro 51 does so well and does better than anyone else is like, you know, pulls at your heartstrings for things that you like, right? Mm-hmm. If you're into, you know, the space, you know, well, maybe you're going to have like some people buy the whole sets of the Retro 51 tornadoes. Well, are they going to have matching fountain pens to go with that too, kind of thing? So we'll see. Um, you know, I'm cautious cautiously optimistic i guess that the pen has improved i would wager that it has but is it going to do enough to make me personally want to use it which is you know a completely different you know answer to is it a good pen right yeah yeah we just don't know yet we'll 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 find out what we just don't know yet Mm -hmm. i wonder if any of these fountain pens are going to be at the la pen show this weekend mike Will you will you let me know you're going, right? Don't do that. <laughs> I'm not going, no. 
<laughs> I'm not going either. I am. I'm, I'm getting kind of bummed. Like I'm usually LA is usually my first pin show of the year. I think it's been three years in a row that I've been. And um, I'm not going to lie. And talking with other friends and vendors, they they feel the same. It's one of the harder pin shows to work for some reason. I get exhausted. I think it's probably because of the cross country travel and then just the the full weight of, you know, working three days at a pin show. Um and then the full travel back, I just end up getting exhausted. So I have like this just these feelings of, oh, LA, I'm gonna be so tired. What but, makes it different you know, to the other West Coast shows? Well, that's the only one I've been going to for it's been two or three years since I've gone to San Francisco. Okay. Uh so the other difference for me is that I don't bring knock there. When I go to San Francisco, I bring knock. So I go to LA and work for Van S, which is great. Um this year it's gonna be a little bit different and I'm really anxious to get feedback from all of my friends that are going to the show and I know they'll let me know how it goes. But it's gonna be at the same hotel, but they finally finished the construction to where the fountain pen show will actually be in the a downstairs large ballroom instead of an upstairs large ballroom. I don't know that that's going to technically change anything about the show, and I would anticipate it doesn't. But I don't know anything, and no one knows anything about the new space, just to see how it flows and how it works for all the vendors. So I'd like to hear some feedback on that. Um, you can follow Lisa Van S. She is taking a road trip with our our uh, primary co-host, <laughs> number one favorite co-host, Anna Reinert. They're hitting the that. road. Yep. They're taking a drive from Little Rock to Kansas City out to L.A., so you need to follow. We'll put both both of their Instagrams in the show notes for you to follow their shenanigans, and I know they're going to shoot a bunch of videos and post these videos. Uh, this is going to be hilarious. So they've, they've already tagged me in pictures where they found some graffiti of my name on one of the places that they stopped, the Cadillac Ranch. And that actually kind of looks like my handwriting in this graffiti. <laughs> it looks like I was there. But um, it, it's funny. They're having a good time. I'm talking to them via text some. And uh, this is this is something you should really, really follow um, because they're just they're two peas in a pod. And mm-hmm. I just can't imagine what kind of trouble they're going to get into. <laughs> It'll be epic. So we did, uh, leading into our Ask TPA portion of the show we did have a question about the la show from ryan and it's it's, it's a two-parter and, and i think both parts are, are really good i want to want to tackle them both if you'll let me mike no of course okay so ryan says i was interested if you can help me with something i'm really interested in in a few vintage parker pins i would really like a gray parker 51 any filling mechanism is fine i was wondering if you knew a particular vendor at the la pin show that i should check to find out and maybe of the celluloid models. If not, no worries. If there's a place you would direct me to find a vintage Parker, not at a pin show, that would be fine also. So let me take that part before we get onto the second part. So I would uh, look for a gentleman named Stacy. His business is called Paper Wants a Pen, and he's usually there with his daughter. They're there every year. I love talking to them, hanging out with them. He restores... Um, He's one of my favorite fountain pen restorers to follow, like on Instagram. He always has cool stuff coming through his hands, and he does really great work. So he's great. If Martin Ferguson is there, Martin does wonderful restoration work. Um, There's a huge list of people. You know, Paul Arano um, is another one you can find 51s at. I don't have – I'm not looking at the the vendor list. I don't know if there is such a thing as a vendor list for this show, which we'll get to for the second part of the question. But I'd be looking for Stacy and Paper Wants a Pen first. 
and then probably checking out, you know, if you can find Martin Ferguson, Paul Arano, and then a few, there's plenty of other vendors that you should be able to find something you like. You will not be lacking of choice of Parker huh. 51s. Yeah, if so. you want a Parker 51 <laughs> and you go to a pen show, you could walk away with a thousand Parker 51s. They are literally yeah. everywhere. So don't jump at the first one you see, you know, take a look around test out all the pins, ask all the questions. Um, our friend Nick Pang will be there as well, the chat room's saying. So Nick will be there. He's always restoring and finding all kinds of new pins. So, um, and he's always glad to work with you too um, and answering questions. So you will not be lacking, but those are kind of the people I would target first. And then from Ryan, on a side note, this pin show seems flat. I went once before and thought it was fine. There seemed to be a pretty good attitude among the crowd, but between the lackluster website, shocking. It's um, a very bad one. (laughs) And the lack of discussion from most pen sellers and bloggers, it feels like this is for sure a weaker show. Any reason for this? They just seem not interested in having new pen people there. I could be wrong, though. Maybe it's just small, and that's why I get that feeling. So there's lots to unpack here. Number one, it's not a weak show. And number two, it's not a small show. Um. Number three, (laughs) its main problem is that it's a Sunday-only public show. That's 95% of the issue with this show, in in my opinion. So Friday and Saturday are trader days. You have to have a trader pass to get in. The general public, it is not open to. So when when I've worked with Van S, so we've been there... We've set up on Thursday night and start to work Friday, and we're pretty busy on Friday for people who have, you know, traders passes or weekend passes or whatever the, their their terminology is. And then on Saturday we twiddle our thumbs because everyone has already been there Friday, gotten what they came for, mm-hmm. and are just milling around. And then Saturday and then Sunday, you're absolutely overwhelmed six deep at the table from the open to the close it's incessant so it's really difficult to work it's there's really weird traffic flows and patterns um in the buyers of the show so it's a sizable show it's an important show um you know the promoter has a history of not being you know, the most welcoming and open to change individual, but that kind of goes for a lot of shows. Hopefully we're seeing some change in, in other shows. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of his thing that he does. He's not really involved in the community. I couldn't tell you his name right now if you held a gun to my head, right? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people, but I just, it's just one of those things. So this show, I just, I it could be even better than it is, but there's just no interest in changing the Sunday only public aspect of the show and i think that's a huge challenge so that's that's my that's my take on it it gets all of the vendors that you want to see like the quality of vendors is really high it's a good show especially for the west coast you also get um a lot of vendors from the asian market which i always love seeing so i get to see some friends that i only get to see once a year if i'm only making one trip to the west coast so um you know that's my favorite thing about that show but just the Sunday only public day is is it's a it's a rough it's a rough uh, pill to swallow for a vendor from a vendor perspective, and it just makes for a weird show in general. Hmm. The end. That is weird. It doesn't sound like one that I'm that interested in visiting anytime soon. 
Whilst yeah, I would I mean, really like, like to go to LA. Yeah, I mean, LA is cool. Like I, like the area where the show is at is killer. Like, yeah, it's a fantastic area. But like anytime we've had any event, we can't do any events at the show because we can't work with the promoter. So we just say, hey, we're going to meet in the bar at seven o'clock and kind of whatever happens, happens, yep. right? Yep. It's yep. just kind of one of those deals. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace because they give you all of the tools that you need to create the next website that you want for your next project. For your next move, you can get a unique domain name, take advantage of award winning templates and so much more. Big fan of Squarespace. Been using them for years and years and years for various projects. And a lot of the stuff that Squarespace offer, I have used, like a lot of the different template options and stuff. So I've had blogs on Squarespace. I've had online stores on Squarespace. I've had event websites on Squarespace. We used Squarespace for our wedding website and we were able to take advantage of all of the functionality that they have. We could drop in maps. We could, they have like specific templates that are beautifully designed. They're all professionally designed, all of the templates, but they have specific templates for certain ideas. And one of the, one of them is for weddings. So when we selected that template, it built out all of the structure of the website for us and we could just enable and disable what pages we needed, but it just helped us kind of make sure we had everything in mind it was like kind of squarespace was helping with the planning of our winning in a weird way i guess but <laughs> anyway squarespace is an all-in-one platform there's nothing to install or patch or upgrade they have all of that covered so you don't have to worry and they back everything up with 24 7 customer support as well so if you need any help you've got somebody there who can help you squarespace plans start at just 12 dollars a month but you can start a trial today with no credit card required just go to squarespace.com slash pen addict and then when you decide to sign up for a plan use the offer code pen addict and you'll get 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show once again that is squarespace.com slash pen addict and the code pen addict for 10 percent off your first purchase our thanks to squarespace for their continued support of this show squarespace make your next move make your next website all right we got some lengthy ask tpa questions okay we've, we've, we've probably been holding these for a few weeks maybe a month so hopefully people are still listening for their answers all right, let me do let me do the reading then let me let me take right. care of the reading because you're you're the one with all the answers so gonna save your voice andrew right. says as i've listened through all of the episodes the older episodes and back episodes of the pen addict i've noticed that you regularly mention the pilot 823 823 and 912 both are featured currently on your top five list i'd like to buy one of these two pens in the near future but i'm not sure which aside from the differences in appearance and the filling mechanisms are there important distinctions in the nibs and the way that they write would you recommend one over the other i know that the 823 comes higher in your top five list but they're both in the top three of the category, so I'm considering them pretty close to each other. They are. It's really boils down to the filling system is the primary difference. The nib sizes are the same. There might be a little bit more nib choice in the 912. Like the PO nib is one of my favorite nibs, which is how I first fell in love with the 912, which you just can't get some of these nibs in the 823. So... It depends on what you're looking for. If you want some really unique nib, then you go with the Pilot 912. If you want the really unique filling system, then you go with the 823. The 823 is a little bit bigger and heavier because of the vacuum filling system, but the nibs are the same, which they're both ex same size, and they're super high quality. You know, that's really the difference. The Pilot 912 might have 
10 nib choices where the 823 might have five. I don't know these are exact numbers, but there's a little bit more variety available in the 912, but it's also a cartridge converter filling system as opposed to a vac filler. So those are your two choices, the variety of nibs and which one you want, and if the filling system matters to you. If the filling system does not matter to you or you don't like the aesthetic, I mean, the 912 is a no-brainer. Right. But I like the 823 because of the filling system and the weight. That's it. Sounds like fun. I mean, a fun filling system. I mean, yeah. These yeah. you you will not go wrong. You will be happy with whatever choice you make. Okay. But like, it's it's hard for me to tell you to to choose one over the other because they're so different and equally excellent. This one comes from Evan. How has getting into fountain pens changed the way you judge your other pens? For example, does the fact that you own pens that cost thousands of dollars? I don't know if we own pens. Do we own we don't own pens that cost thousands I of dollars? I don't own any that cost that much. But no. I mean I own several upper hundreds. Multiple of pens, so. well, let's say around a thousand dollars. There you go. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. edit that, Evan. For example, does the <laughs> fact that you own some pens that cost around a thousand dollars change what you're willing to pay for a rollerball or ballpoint? Personally, I think my threshold for buying a nice rollerball is now higher than it used to be before I saw how high the price ceiling goes. Do you value different things? about pens personally i'm less impressed by real refill colors than i used to be because nothing matches the range of fountain pen inks but i'm more interested in materials and finishes than i used to be are there any other ways in which you look at other pens differently now than you're that you are into fountain pens let's break this down a little bit so uh price wise does buying expensive pens numb you to the prices of other cheaper pens yes 100 percent (laughs) then this is why i love this question i don't care about the rest of the question as much but i thought this was a really smart point to Mm -hmm. make because it absolutely does it changes everything i remember how big a deal it was for me when i bought my first 100 dollars pen like it was huge it was a huge deal Mm -hmm. probably the biggest deal that any price has ever been to me um Mm -hmm. but then it you know it all changed. I mean, as well, I, never, I was in a different financial situation then as well. Like, so it, it was a huge deal. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it does I change. I never it. thought I would have bought a rollerball like the Retro 51 Tornado in the beginning when I was, you know, kind of learning mm-hmm. about pens and mm-hmm. loving my gel ink pens, which I, I still love and use to this day. But the perspective has totally changed. If I'll spend, you know, three or $400 on a fountain pen, you know, on a Sailor or a Canelay or whatever, it's like, well, maybe I'd like to try that weird-looking Mont Blanc M, not in a fountain pen, but in the rollerball, a ballpoint model. Like, where I would have never considered that because I feel like writing experience is paramount, and it's never going to be the best refill. But with a fountain pen, you can get the, you know, kind of the best, you know, refill, if you will, in 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 the nib. It's a different, you know, it's a different problem to solve, but. Now I've considered, well, maybe I do kind of like the that fancy barrel of that pen. You know, it's still not an easy decision, but it has absolutely changed what I'm willing to pay for a rollerball or ballpoint. So, yeah, for sure. So the next part, so like, um, do you value different things uh, about pens now? And yeah, 100% I do. Um, and it, it, for the exact same reason. Like it, it changes what I like, what I look for. Like I look for more interesting design and color and stuff like that, which is a thing that I don't know if I looked for in the same way before. Yeah, it's an experience thing for mm-hmm. me. Like, what is the overall experience of the pen? That's the most important thing. 
to me and that's all those things combined together in you know look style feel fit finish and most importantly how it writes so you know i don't know if that value changed because i always preferred how things wrote over how they looked um like we used to hack mont blanc rollerball refills into pilot g2s because we cared how it wrote not what it looked like right <laughs> you know that was you know one of those things back in the day so you know i i still value the customization that we have in in fountain pens and in you know higher end pens where you can get something that really fits your style and personality that's the most important thing to me is is do I buy it because it changes my ex writing experience versus do I buy it because I think I should buy it? The next question comes from Blair. Someone I'm close to has decided to become a Zen monk, and she's moving to a monastery this week. While she does still have access to digital communication methods, even monasteries have Wi-Fi these days. I wouldn't have known that, so I'm pleased to know that. <laughs> we we're primarily going to stay in touch through mail. I have a pad of A4 Tomoe River paper, but that seems way too huge and too flimsy for this purpose. I think I'm looking for paper that feels substantial, is roughly A5 sized, and has matching envelopes available. But I'm flexible if there's a slam dunk outside those parameters. Can I just say to Blair, mm -hmm. thank you for giving that context for this, rather than mm -hmm. just saying I have a friend that I want to send letters to. I just like to know all of that other stuff. Right, it's just fun to yeah. me to like to put it into perspective. I like, can think about a Zen uh, monk like writing these. It's beautiful. So I have no answer. Yeah, but. I told I, I I said something sp like that to him when I I replied to this email saying I love this question. I want to take it on the podcast. So I didn't give him an answer in the email, but I was just like I was really appreciative appreciative of the information and the way he like laid out the question. And I, I know Blair personally, I have met him he, out in, uh, in San Francisco. So he's, it, it's just, I found this question fascinating and it's like, I feel pressure to answer this, <laughs> but the, uh, fortunately there, there are some easy answers. Um, the, the first two that popped into mind were life. They make great writing kits. They have wonderful paper with matching envelopes and they do, some traditional styles. They do some retro styles like, you know, throwback airmail colors, things like that. Um, Clairefontaine Triumph is another one that has exquisite paper. Um, and I've used the pads of paper just to, you know, just to write on. Uh, I haven't used their envelopes specifically. And if they still make it, I didn't double check this, but I'm a big fan of Pilot's, um, pilot's writing pad i still have it and I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes for you mike um I, I forget the name of it i apologize i didn't prepare ahead of time but it has it's a self-contained writing pad like the clairefontaine triumph with matching um envelopes so those are the three we'll put links to all those in the show notes i'll be sure to get that link for the pilot one in there as well but you can actually get some really good quality paper and envelope sets and uh good luck to your friend i think this is awesome yeah, it's really awesome. Really, really, really cool. All right, next comes from Bill. Bill says, I use a Filofax for my daily calendar, and I use my fountain pens in it. Being a calendar, things change. Sometimes I write something in, and then I cancel it, or the date moves. When that happens, I've been using the big whiteout tape to cover up what was written, but it's hard for me to write on top of this. The nib gets gummed up and scratches the tape stuff off. Is there anything better I can do except paste in small labels? What's the best way to make corrections for fountain pens? Thanks for any help. Thanks for also telling us Torontonians how big our pen show is. I had no idea how it compared to American shows. That show's legit, man. It's no joke. 
Uh, I think the answer is you put it in the microwave, right? <laughs> I put in this question because I have no earthly idea. Yeah. I want to know if anyone else has this idea because I'm a scratch scratcher outer, right? I don't care. Like, but I understand in the in a calendar aspect or any type of planner, you're you're space restricted, right? So scratching out doesn't always work, especially if there's a change at the same date and time where you need to make like a real change. And next thing you know, you're scratching out and drawing arrows, hooking over from other days and just doing doing weird stuff. I don't know how to solve this problem, but I think it's a really valid question that probably a lot of other people have. There's no way like any type of liquid is going to work. I don't think whiteout tape that I think that's just gone the way of the dodo bird. Just the way we use pens these days. It's it's, it was never a good solution because it just gets scratched up with whatever nib you're writing with. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is. So Maybe it's actually a pin change, like you said. You you said microwave jokingly, but maybe you use a pilot friction, right? Um, when are we going to have pilot friction fountain pens before long? I wouldn't put it past them. Let's do it. As long no, as we don't sell different. rocket, uh, well, as long as we don't sell rocket books, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Like friction, friction on its own is fine. You know, uh, misappropriating what you're creating is not. But did I say that out loud? Oh dear. Next question. Uh, next question. Next question comes from uh, at FI88R. I'm going to go I got, with I know Fibber. how to pronounce it. It's Fibber. Yeah, Fibber. He let me know. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I, I understand Lee speak. I know how it goes. How Lee. do I pack my ink, pens, and pen paraphernalia for an upcoming move? After many years in Manhattan, I've grown up and grown out of my apartment. I have two dozen fountain pens, half a dozen ink bottles, and syringes. They all currently live on my desk. My first thing that I'll say is buy a lot of gallon-sized uh, Ziploc bags. Big Ziploc bags. <laughs> Everything goes in Ziploc bags, in something else, then in more Ziploc bags, especially the ink. Yeah, there's no secret way to do this other than very carefully, right? The smaller boxes, the better, because you're going to end up with some weight. So you want five small boxes, not two large boxes, is the best advice I can give you. And just fill up the extra space to where there's no movement, whether it's, you know, balled up newspaper, scraps, you know. You know, you don't have to go out and buy, like, bubble wrap or anything like that. You don't have to go too crazy. But you want to make sure you use smaller boxes so they're not too heavy and, you know, stress the box. And then you want to make sure that they're is very little movement on the interior. So, um, you know, that that's the best advice I can give is just pack it small and pack it solid. And I will say as well, um, your fountain pens, get like one of those big leather folios, put it in there and keep it on your person. Yeah. Yeah. I, that The good point, last point to make, yeah. The, your most important stuff goes with you. Not in someone else's hands. When we moved, I, I packed up my big leather, like, 24-case thing with all mm-hmm. of my nice fountain pens, and that just went in my backpack, which was with me when we were taking a taxi, right? Like, yep. don't don't trust that to move, yep. moving people. There's nothing... Because yep. people just don't... No one can understand what's important to you unless, you know, like, no one can get, get it. So take them with you. And finally, Mando Muller says, Brad, when it comes to Lamy, are you a you are a card carrying member of hashtag Team Safari. But with mm-hmm. Kaveco, you seem to prefer the AL Sport to the Sport Classic. Help a listener understand the justification for the Kaveco 
So Mando says upgrade over the Lamy one, and and mm-hmm. I take I take uh, offense to the to the upgrade no. to being an upgrade, but mm. it's an absolute upgrade. The wall thickness of the Lamy All Star, or <laughs> I get the all these names confused. So the Lamy AL Star has a thin aluminum barrel that's prone to dents and dings. Kaveco's AL Sport model is a thick, indestructible barrel pin that can take a beating and looks better with age, where the All-Star looks worse with age, in my opinion, just because of the way it's finished and the fragility of the barrel. So it's not even close. (laughs) And I like the All-Star fine. It is not comparable to the AL Sport whatsoever as far as construction goes. And that's where the difference is in that. Now, the AL Sport to the Sport Classic, that's closer. I didn't like the Classic at first because they were primarily a gold trim pen, right? It's ultra lightweight, and they had mostly gold trim and markings. I've come to love the Sport Classic now that I can get silver markings and silver nibs so i carry the sport classic all the time i've actually gotten used to the weight of it i used to prefer the weight of all the metal barrel pins and i still do like you know if i'm if there's two of them sitting on my desk one's one of the metal barrel ones you know the al sport or one of the brass ones or any of the other materials i'm going to pick that one up before the classic but that's a closer competition now that i can get classics in very cool colors that fit my style and I've gotten used to the ultra lightweight. It's an ultra light pen. It's not just a light pen. I find it to be an ultra light pen. So you can actually lose it in your pocket. It's so light. But I've gotten used to that and enjoy the Sport Classic a lot. All right. That's it for this episode. If you want to find Brad A.L. Dowdy uh, online, you can go to penaddict.com. Go to knock.co. Uh, you can go to Twitter. He's at Dowdyism. He's penaddict on Instagram. It's also on Twitch as well. You're pen addict on Twitch, so mm-hmm. lots and lots and lots of options to keep to get your Brad Dowdy content. Um, I am at I Mike I M Y K E on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you should follow us there to keep your eye out for when the pen addict Kickstarter goes live, which will be in the within the next week. So you want to keep an eye out for that. We have got some real cool stuff planned. Um, you know, maybe, maybe on this episode, maybe we have we have mentioned the name of the other pen show we're going to go to. Maybe, who knows? Mm, who mm, top secrets knows? Who knows? Mm. We should do a a notebook called clandestine and make a puzzle for people to figure it out. I think I think someone's already done that. Oh, okay. Mm. It's a good idea, but but I think okay. we can be into the punch. What about one. what about a notebook you can put in the microwave, Mike? I love it. Let's 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 prototype that one. That can be okay. Actually, let's let's throw out everything from our Kickstarter and we'll we'll pivot. Okay. <laughs> All right, pivot us out of here. Sorry, I ruined your exit. Relay.fm slash penaddict slash three four six for the show notes this week. Thanks to Pen Chalet and Squarespace for their support, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad Daddy. Goodbye, Brad Dowdy. <laughs>